Let's get into the word of God this morning. I'm sure God has been dealing with us, especially as we started studying the early church history and how God dealt with the early believers. And uh, this morning I'm sure God will continue to speak to us. So last few weeks we have been doing the series um, on the characteristics of the early church. The first week we talked about one of the important characteristics of the early church. We found that the early church was a learning church. In the second week we talked about yet another characteristics of the early church. That is the early church was a united church. We also found the unity of the early church was due to the fact that the early believers they were died or they were dead to themselves. They were also dead to the world and they were also willing to die for Christ. So the death in the church brought a great amount of unity among the believers. And today we are not able to see that kind of unity in the churches because and then we understood that the self need to be buried in order to bring unity in the churches. And last week we saw the early church was a church where miracles of God took place. We understood the early church was a miracle working church or in other words a miracle working power of God was seen, was demonstrated in the early church. You know we talked about the various theologies around the miracle working power of God. Why God's power is not seen today. And there are different versions and different authors and theologians they bring in and say that and ultimately they conclude saying that power of God is seasonal and we have seen the power of God 2000 years back when Jesus was alive and the disciples were on this earth. But today we don't need the power of God because word of God is there for us. And we don't need to believe in miracle. All that we need to believe is in the, in the in the highest miracle or the most important miracle is the salvation. And we found out and we concluded that is wrong. Miracle working power of God is seen even today in the churches. And we talked about three reasons why miracle working power of God not seen. Power of God is not seen in the churches. If any of you remember most of you know that maybe I'm, I'll be asking this question. So you, do you remember there are three reasons we talked about why the power of God is not seen today in the churches. Number one. Sorry, can you repeat the truth? Not keeping Christ as an example. Today we try to follow the leaders or we try to follow the teachings, some of the teachings, but then we forget to keep Christ as an example. If you keep Christ as an example, we start following Christ and what Christ did because he said, those who believe in me, they will do even greater things than what I do. So we believe in Christ and we keep Christ as an example and then we will not fall into the trap of saying that miracle working power of God is not anymore. What is the second reason why we are not able to see the power of God? Not willing to sacrifice. Not willing to sacrifice. 
we are not willing to sacrifice even though it is the grace of god that we receive the power of god the gifts of god it is given us grace we don't need to do anything to in order to receive the power of god or to receive the gifts of god but then it requires a great amount of great deal of sacrifice from us why we found out that the gifts of god is not just free uh, even though they are free but then they are as they are free they are as pure and holy they are so in order to handle such a precious gift of god you and i need to be equipped and how that how we can be equipped we can be equipped in prayer in sacrificing our comfort and devoting our time to god and in prayer and in self discipline and bringing so many commitments in our lives we can discipline our lives so that we will receive the gift of god and the gifts of god will start operating in our lives and today churches they don't want to make the sacrifice anymore and they simply conclude that the gifts of god and the power of god is no more and the third reason why gifts of god or the power of god is not seen in our lives not willing to give the personal things we talked about pet sins you know we can get rid of all the sins in our life except what is called as a pet sin which we don't want to take it out you know which we want to always keep it in our pocket and we want to carry it everywhere we keep that in our purses and you know we keep that in you know, wherever and we talked about even we keep that under the pillow our pet sins you know we don't want to get rid of this unless we you know get rid of these things we will not see the power of god in our life and today we are going to see the fourth important characteristics of the early church the early church was a sharing church early church was a sharing church it was a learning church it was a united church it was a church where the power of god is seen and fourthly it was a sharing church let's read some of the scriptures acts chapter 2 so on our bibles to acts chapter 2 verse 44 and verse 45 acts chapter 2 verse 44 says now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need you know what this early church did the moment they came to know jesus christ moment they have seen the disciples performing the miracles from god with the ability that god has given to them the moment they have seen there are thousands and thousands of people are added to the church the early believers they started selling their possessions and they started selling their possessions and they divided them among them and they started experiencing or enjoying or having all this distributed among them let's read one more scripture verse uh, chapter acts chapter 4 verse 32 acts chapter 4 verse 32 now what of god says now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own but they had all things in common you know they were putting everything in common can you imagine that can you imagine i was trying to understand how is it possible that and all along throughout my life i worked and i earned i maybe i bought a property now the moment i come to know the knowledge of jesus christ the moment i became christian i became believer 
how can we expect them you know to sell all the property and bring all the money and you know not even there bible doesn't even say that you know they brought it and put it in the offering box it's all it says they were just sharing it among them and they were all living together as one family you know it is an amazing thing which we cannot even expect today things such things to happen so the early church was a sharing church they were enjoying everything in common today you know bible says even though we cannot understand it bible says it really happened in the early church you know sometimes we may say that the early church we can understand it can be a learning church it can be a united church we can we can very well know that miracle working power of god was seen how can you say that they sold everything and they brought all the things and put them together and they were just distributing you know today we are living in such a world when we do something and at the end of the day we go back and we just make a note even we say that one dollar today i gave it to somebody and they put a red mark and then said make sure the dollar comes back to me because i gave that to him down that day and we wait for one week or two weeks or then you'll just send a text maybe saying that do you remember that one dollar i gave you that day and there is no response and we send an email and then we don't hesitate even go and ask them do you, you just forgot looks like i just want to make you know remind you that you know you uh, owe me one dollar we cannot even imagine how can they do it just bring everything together and putting everything together and then enjoying everything together but then we need to believe it because bible says so you know today people are right willing to you know write will you know what is will for their children when they were in the, they are in the deathbed before they die they will ask can you just bring me a pen and a paper where i can just put my signature because i am about to die and when they are well alive you just go and ask them to write a will do you think they will write do you think they will sign no you know there are families even when parents die they just don't write the will properly and then there are you know uh, there are four brothers and two sisters they are in trouble great trouble then you know they end up in fighting with each other this house belongs to me and this land belongs to me and then they need to go go to the court and see the lawyer and they are in great trouble even parents or even you know when we go away from this world we don't write to write to we don't want to write the will on our loved ones how can we expect believers selling all their properties and bringing everything together and enjoying it together but the early church was willing to write the will not on their children even on somebody else name you know today we have seen some of the you know big charities or some of the you know big millionaires when they you know lose everything when they lost their children maybe in an accident or something and somewhere else then they may decide okay let me write the rest of my life to some charity or so to some you know individual or so to some ministers or to somebody else so to some celebrity or something like that but then how can we understand all the believers you know giving and taking and sharing in their lives i believe more than the act of selling their selling their property and sharing you know we are more interested in the motive behind their act of sharing i believe the early church was not selling you know their mind not setting their mind on the worldly things but i believe they were setting their minds on the heavenly things 
probably that enabled them to do it. I also believe early church was willing to sacrifice their land and their possession, all their savings and earnings for the sake of building God's kingdom on this earth. You know it was a sacrificial nature of the early church which we cannot deny because the word of God records it. There may be another possibility also because Jesus said I am going back, I am coming back to you. And these disciples were longing for the coming of the Lord even at the first century. And all these believers were motivated to, to know and to, to understand the coming back of the Lord. Probably it is possible they would have thought that Jesus Christ is going to come back before my end of my life. So it is better to give everything to God so that you know I can be taken up and I can live with the Lord forever and ever. It may be true, but then it worked in the hearts of the early believers. It doesn't work in the heart of the new, you know, the current believers. Even though we know that the Lord can come at any moment, but then we are not willing to hold, willing to release what we have. We know that the Lord may come in the mid of the air and with the shout of a trump, and we all just, you know, will be caught up in the air and we'll go and to meet the Lord. But then. We want to still hold on to the things of this earth. Lord, if you come today, night, in the rapture, you know, most of us sometimes we pray, Lord, just come back a little later, you know, so that I can just enjoy my lifetime on this earth. Like Dan may be thinking, Lord, you come back when I become really old. <laughs> not, not now. I have too many days, too many years ahead of me. You know, we all think about those kind of things. But these early believers, they just had only one thought. They just looking at the things above in their life. You know, today there are a few things we need to understand. If I have a big bank balance, sometime I may depend on my riches than God. If I have a land or property, my time and effort will go behind maintaining those things. Have you seen the big landlords? You know, they need one vehicle to go around the land and, you know, take care of those lands. And, you know, there are people working in the land. They organize those things. But then morning to evening, they'll be doing it. My effort and my money will go instead of spending time for God. Instead of spending time to build God's kingdom on this earth. That is the only commission of the church. If I have a lot of savings, I may always think where to invest my money. Have you seen such people who are, who are dealing with money? They always with their mobile cell phones, you know, and they're waiting for the, the, the triggers, the alerts. Because this stock goes up and they get an alert in their cell phone and they just, you know, uh, move their uh, asserts to the, that particular stock and they buy more stock. And then they, you know, wait for the other stock to come up and then they, you know, uh, go down. They may sell everything and then buy those things, you know, assuming that, you know, they just start playing with money. So their time and effort and their conscience and everything is behind money. If I am rich, I may desire to become more rich. People, those who are rich, they are not satisfied with what they have. They want to become more and more rich. You know, money and possession, I would say they are two-edged evil. Money and possession, they would say they are two-edged evil. We need to understand that. You know, it is true that too much of money can easily take someone away from God. 
spending a lot of money can take somebody into an ungodly filthy things of this world because the world always says if you have more money there is more pleasure attached with more money having more money can take me away from God into the things of this world having too much of money and not willing to spend you know trying to be so stingy is not going to help anyone it's not going to help anyone if I have too much of money I may not even know how to handle the money you know there are people around this world they are blessed with so much they don't know you and know how to spend their money and they end up in losing everything as one shot or they end up in putting everything in the for the wrong you know reason they they may go and invest you know something which is not godly and the end result is not going to result in godly things in the same way not having money is also dangerous not having money also can take somebody away from God if we don't have enough money you know we tend to work more we tend to work day and night in order to get more money so not having money is also not helping us it can eventually take us away from God you know have you seen people every time working even the day and even in the night they don't have time for anything they come home and sit in front of them, sit in front of the computer and then work late night and morning they get up late and they run again to the office and then come back and they don't have time to spend fam with the family they don't have time to spend for God nothing else not having enough money is also dangerous not having money makes us to borrow money from somebody else and eventually we will be taken into debt you know when people come to this nation especially when they don't have sufficient money you know there are so attractive things around them the credit card that comes just on their way and says that you know I can give you five thousand dollars credit they will end up in taking those credit cards you know it would have happened to us most of us we end up in taking those credit cards and one once we start building the credit history there are another company another bank they are willing to give us more and we go and you know sign for it you know that way we are more and more into depth in the days money it can be a two-edged evil not having money makes us to borrow somebody borrow you know money from someone and takes us into the depth not having enough money makes people even to steal others property you know that's what happens in this world money is a two-edged evil having money you know more than need turns out to be an evil but same time not having enough money also turned out to be another evil now you know I'm not talking about you know having lot of money I'm not talking uh, against pro- prosperity but then same time I'm not talking for prosperity I'm not saying that a child of God always should live in plenty same time I'm also not saying that child of God should live in poverty you know it is not the gospel of prosperity same time it is also not the gospel of poverty I'm saying we just need what we need we all need what we need you know more than that really doesn't belong to us you know sometimes we have a great confusion I mean I used to have this great confusion when we get some money coming in which is not our daily wages are not our hourly wages when some extra money comes in you know suddenly from somewhere do we really have the question whether this money really belong to me or not 
know some of us who are dealing with stocks you know I have a tough time even to understand sometime when suddenly some money comes in did I really work for this you know I'm not talking about the stocks which are given by the companies because they are part of the benefit right I'm talking about something else we get outside which is really we are not worked for it but then when it comes on our way we have a question so anything that as a true child of God anything that is belong anything that is on my way which I don't need which is more it is not it is not mine it is not mine it doesn't really belong to me you know as the man of God says in proverb let's turn to proverb I think that's the appropriate scripture at this point of time let's take turn to proverbs th- chapter 30 verse 7 to 9 children of God we need to understand what the word of God talks about money the early church was a sharing church they were able to sell all their possessions and bring everything to the you know to, together and they started experiencing things in common here the writer of proverb he says two things I request of you proverb chapter 30 verse 7 two things I request of you remove falsehood and lies far from me and he says give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food allotted to me lest I be full and deny God and say who is the Lord or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God the prayer of a child of God should be something similar to this Lord don't make me too riches Lord don't put me in poverty on the other day I was you know telling a mother telling me I every day I pray for my children I pray one thing I just pray Lord don't make my children rich Lord she's one among our believer she said Lord don't make my children rich if my, you make my children rich, they may deny you and they may walk away from you. Just keep them, just feed them what they need for that particular day. I know it's a little tough. A little boy wanted a hundred dollar badly and he started praying for that hundred dollar. And weeks after weeks he was started praying about it. Nothing happened and you know what he decided he decided to write a letter to the Lord requesting for hundred dollars and he wrote a letter and when the local postal authorities they received the letter from the letter box mailbox they saw that the letter is addressed to the Lord USA to the Lord United States of America and they, 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 then they took that letter and they decided to send that letter to IRS. IRS is an internal revenue service, like um, they are in control for, they, they collect and they, you know, they uh, enforce the tax law in the United States, like something similar to CRA in Canada Revenue Agency in the United States. They send the letter to CRA, uh, sorry, to IRS. And the agent in IRS, they just opened this letter and they were so impressed to see the little boy writing a letter to the Lord and they were just you know really touched to their heart and they were amazed and they decided okay let me send let us send a five dollar bill to this boy 
and once he receives this five dollar bill and he's going to be really happy because he may be thanking the Lord and they put that five dollar bill and they send that five dollar bill to that little boy and the little boy was really delighted to see the five dollar bill in an envelope and he sat down and he wrote a letter thanking Lord Jesus for sending this and he said and he wrote his thanks letter in this way dear Lord thank you very much for sending me the money however I noticed that for some reason you had to send it through IRS and as usual those fellows deducted $95 you know that was the cry of this little boy everybody is in need of money nobody is willing to lose anything you know we see such a believers in the early church they were in need of so much of money but then they decided to sell their possessions and bring everything to the feet of the apostles so that that can be distributed and given to everybody you know what really made them to enjoy everything in common what really made them to share their possessions with others you know I could think of the three reasons probably motivated them to do that first reason knowing that everything we possess belong to God everything we possess they belong to God you know we may not be we may not be able to sell our possessions and bring everything today you know it may not be practical but you know God expects us to know that every blessing we have today everything we have today they don't belong to us we are not the owners of everything that we have today God wants us to make that clear to us because today you know even though we say we own a house we really don't want it right the mortgage company wants it nothing much we have done for to buy the house in the same way whatever God has given as we live on this earth they don't really belong to us everything belong to God everything belong to God in Psalm 2 sorry Psalm 24 verse 1 and 2 word of God says the earth is Lord's all that its fullness the world and those who dwell therein they all belong to the Lord you know God has given a portion of his belongings to every one of us to every families to manage for a while you know that's why we say that when we came to this world we came with nothing and when we go away from this world we will we are going to go away with nothing with empty-handed no not not we cannot hold everything and go but as we live on this earth God has given us all this for us to manage you know that kind of awareness is today it is very very important for every one of us in Matthew chapter 25 Jesus spoke a parable of talents you know a man a wealthy man when he was about to go to another country he called his servants and to one he gave five dollars uh, five talents and another one he gave two talents and another one he gave one talent for what to manage those talents 
And he told, he told, go and trade and make business out of it. You know, the same way God has given us money to this in this world as we live on this world to manage. You know, it all depends how well we manage what God has given to us today. God expects us to use the things he has given to us for his service. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14 says, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14 God will bring every work under judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. What does it mean? God has given money to us to manage. And how we manage, you know, God wants to know about it. Exactly the same way when the talents were given and when the master came back, he was asking them, what did you do with those talents which I gave you? And five could multiply it and the two could be multiplied, but the one couldn't be multiplied. We know that story. In the same way, God is going to expect us to manage those things which God has given to us. You know, what we do with God's property also reflects God's, you know, God's reputation in our lives. When we are, God has given us some amount, when God makes us wealthy on this earth, how we live, are we able to live for God? You know, that is something which, which is very, very important. The first reason why they could give, sell their properties and bring everything into a common place, because they knew very well, it is all given to me by God. I am not the owner of it. All that God is asking me is to be a steward, good steward over the possessions of mine. You know, today when we come to a realization, you know whatever God gives to me it belongs to God when we come to a realization you know we don't even hesitate to leave the things of this world for the sake of God secondly the reason why they could sell their properties just like that and today we are not able to do things of this world get away things of this world the second reason is we are not setting our minds on things above the early believers they were just setting their mind on minds on the things above things that belong to heaven they were not just always looking at the things of this world you know in colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 4 let's read that scripture colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 here Paul writes to the church in Colossae he, he says very clearly if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the father set your mind on things above not on the things of this earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, these scriptures, if you meditate on these scriptures, these scriptures will help us to set our mind on the things above. You know, today God is expecting us to set our minds on the things above. In Psalm 62 verse 10, Word of God says, Psalm 62 verse 10, If riches increases, do not set your heart on them. If riches increases, do not set your heart on them. You know, God doesn't want us to set our mind on the things of this world. In Matthew chapter 6, 6 verse 19 to 20, 
Jesus told, do not lay your treasures on this earth where moth and the rust can destroy the treasures. And even the thieves can break in and steal. But you put your treasures in heaven. You know, there neither moth nor rust destroy the treasures in heaven. You know, how do we bring treasures to heaven? We need to set our minds on things above. Every time when we do something, we need to try to bring glory to God with all that possess, all that we possess on this earth. Thirdly, not having love for money. First we saw, we need to have a clear understanding that things we possess on this earth, they belong to God. Secondly, we are not supposed to set our minds on this world, but instead God expects us to set our minds above. Thirdly, the early believers, they could sell their properties and they, are able, they were able to share their properties with others because they were not having love of money. In the early church, they did everything for God. They let everything to go from their hands because they never had love for money. You know, having money is not an issue, but then having love for money is an issue. Having money is not a sin, but then love for money, craving for money is the sin. First Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You know, it is so true today, even today. The evil things which are happening outside this, you know, outside in this world. If we go back, go and try to find the root of it, it all starts with money. It all starts with money. Eventually, people appear to be, they are doing it for different reasons, but then eventually, it all has very well connected to the money. So the love of money is the root of all evils. And the word of God says, for which some, some have strayed from faith. So that means, even a child of God can have the love of money. If word of God says, if someone has love of money, they will fall down from their faith. It means, those who have faith in God, they can have love of money. In their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. When Paul writes this to Timothy, he's talk, not talking about people in this world. He's talking about the believers. He's talking about the ones who gave their life. He's talking about the ones who left everything and started following Christ. And he talks to them and he says, love of money is the root of all evils, you know, by which, for which some have strayed from their faith. Some have decided, okay, I'm not going to believe in God anymore because I am continuing to living in poverty. I'm continuing continue to go through that struggle in my life. I'm not going to follow this God. Means the love of money makes them to not to follow God. Make them to put down their faith and they stop following and they pierce themselves with so many things in their lives. And God expects us to be careful in those areas. Having money is not wrong but as I said love of money is wrong. The early believers they were not just setting their mind on money. They were not just craving after money. Dr. Billy Graham once said if a person gets his attitude right with money straight. If the person gets his attitude straight with money 
it will help straighten out almost every other area in his life it is so important in our lives you know sometime or other god is going to bless us when god blesses us we need to handle things with the right attitude and once we start dealing with money in the right way the rest are all will follow there are challenges we face in those areas and god will give us strength to handle those areas you know we need to be content with what we have because our god word of god says you know have you noticed when god says i will never leave you and never forsake you if you turn with me to hebrews chapter 13 hebrews 13 verse 5 hebrews 13 verse 5 here it says let your contact be without covetousness and what of god says be content with such things as you have for he himself has said i will never leave you i will never forsake you you know it, it is always associated with the mindset you know where our heart is whether our heart is satisfied with what we have what word of god is saying is be satisfied with what we have because god said i will never leave you i will never forsake you you know if we are going through something which we are struggling with the little income we make god is telling us just be satisfied with what we have because i said i will never leave you i will never forsake you when we hold on that promises lord god i you said i will never leave you i will forsake you lord god help me to be satisfied with what we have you know that should be our cry you know we can't love the world and expect to be loved by god word of god clearly says first john 2:15 says do not love the world or the things of the world if anyone loves this world the love of the father is not in him you know how dangerous it is not being loved by our father you know we need god's love all of us long for god's love in our lives and he says don't love this world don't love this world don't love the money and don't love all this blessing in the early believers mind these teachings were very strong when the when the apostles stood up there and he, they reflected all the teachings of jesus christ what he spoke in the mountain for the longest sermon sermon when this disciples of god when they shared these sermons when they reflected the teachings of lord jesus christ to the crowd they just you know it went into their heart word of god says they hurt they got hurt in their heart because the word of god was so so sharp and it spoke into their lives and it spoke into their lives and made it very clear do not love this world do not lose your father's love as you started loving this world and god is very particular about us god is asking the church today to become like the early church as the last days are very near as the days are approaching god is telling us in second timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to says 1 to 2 but know this that the last days perilous times will come and verse 2 says second timothy verse 3 chapter 3 for men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money men will be lovers of money and god expects us to keep away from those things in our lives the early church could share all their possessions because they were putting their trust in the lord they were 
trying to you know put everything on the Lord and they understood everything came from God and what I am experiencing is the blessing of God today and they put set their minds on things above and they were not lovers of money they were just living every day and they were just thanking God for what they had and then someone decided I have more than what I need today let me go and sell those things and start giving it to the poor you know when such a mindset of Christ gets into our lives I am sure we will come to a realization and we will be very sure and very clear that saying that I don't want anything more than I need all that I need is for my daily day to day things need to be taken care and when we are brought to that I believe it's a greater freedom that we can have on this earth when we come to into that kind of realization and God expects this morning to listen to his voice